Snippet, the short podcast platform. Welcome to The Awakening Code, a new show from Snippet featuring conversations around the process we call awakening and living more consciously and on purpose. This week, we're thrilled to be joined by physicist and author Manas Kafatos to discuss the physics behind spirituality and perception, among other topics. Manas starts us off with a discussion about his book, You Are the Universe. So when we say you are the universe, it has double meaning. One is that actually you are everything there is, and we can talk about the physics or the mathematics behind it. At the more elementary level, it is what it is because we experience it. So, you know, we can debate forever, you know, whether the universe exists outside of us or not. But the point is that um, it will not be what it is if we were not there to observe it. Basically, what we call New Age today is really the old message. It's really the eternal message of antiquity, of all the great schools of uh, mysticism and, you know, philosophy, uh, from India to China to Japan to Greece, of course, uh, Egypt, uh, Babylonia, and so on and so on. And the message is basically the same, that there is another dimension than what we believe with our senses. The main point here is that the sensory input that we have through our body gives us a certain view of the universe, but that's not all there is. An image came to my mind. So we all know what an ambulance sounds like. And as it approaches because of the Doppler effect, it makes one sound, and as it goes away from you, it makes another as as the wavelengths. So both people are hearing a siren. Here's two people hearing a siren, but one is hearing it coming and one is hearing it going. We could ask both of those people, did you hear the siren? They would both say yes. What did it sound like? They would come up with two completely different answers, and they would both be correct. So it's kind of getting us back into the perception is everything. Both people heard the siren, but because it was either approaching or leaving you, they heard a different sound out of the same source. You don't need quantum physics for that. That would be the theory of relativity. And what we're saying in the book here is let's build the science uh, extended to everyday life based on quantum mechanics. But it's based on on hard, quote-unquote, hard science. It's not (laughs) woo-woo or new age stuff. You know, it is based on hard science. And your unique angle is you're taking physics and you're combining or cross-pollinating it with spirituality, which is what we talk about on the show. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater either way. We don't want people to say, just go down the spiritual path and forget what we've learned about science and don't accept only science and think there's nothing like a spiritual dimension and your work is sort of challenging us to integrate. Correct. Yeah, so the challenge is, um, has to do with the human mind. I always love to pick on the human mind. Uh, I'm talking about the human mind and not the big mind, not the mind, the universal mind. Because the human mind likes to divide things and to give black or white answers. It's either this or that. Well, in the quantum world, it is both and neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is yes and, o- and or no. 
And the human mind immediately kicks in and says, no, that's impossible. You know, it's got to be one or the other. And our entire society is based on this dichotomy of yes or no. And it's not just black or white. It is black and or white, which means gray. <laughs> it's also gray. It's somewhere in the middle. And, um, you know, that actually is a, is a quantum phenomenon. But also you find it in the theory of relativity. What about time? How do you explain that? I would like to actually, when I talk about time, uh, to go back again to essentials. Every, every time, no pun intended, we have to go back to, <laughs> we have to, we have to go back to essentials. So imagine that you are a creature in a deep sea, very, you know, like uh, Mariana, you know, the trench, right? right? The deepest part of the Pacific Ocean, Mariana Trench. So you are in the Mariana Trench, there's no, absolutely no light that reaches down there. But apparently there's some creatures down there, some mm -hmm. really very deep uh, sea creatures. Maybe not all the way to the bottom, but anyway, they're very deep. You have never seen the light of the sun. Never. Uh, you've never seen the light of the moon. You've never seen the stars. What kind of time will you experience in the Mariana Trench if you were down there? You're not going to think of a day and night. You're not going to think of 24 hours. You're not going to think of a month, lunar month. You're not going to think of a year, okay? Now, I just mentioned three units of time, mm -hmm. day, um, month, and year. Those are very much surface of the earth time ideas. So right there, we know that time as we see it breaks down. So this is, I think anybody can follow that, right? So what we say time perception is species-specific, what Deepak and I call species-specific. In other words, it is a human, uh, homo sapiens-specific idea of a change that we call time. So right there, you see that actually time is not universal. It depends on the surface of the earth. It depends on us having two eyes being able to see light from the sun, blah, blah, blah. The lunar cycle, waking up and falling asleep, all these things. And we put it all together and we call it time. But it's just a bunch of experiences. So time is really boils down to a bunch of experiences that then the mind connects them together and says, oh, that's the passage of time. But did anything that I just say you see time? No, it's just a bunch of events. Events. You know, the sun rises, the sun sets. Uh, the moon rises, the moon sets. You know, the, we have the phases of the moon that take 27 days, right, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, then you have the lunar, the lunar month, and, and then you have the solar year gone around 365 days, 365 point something, mm -hmm. point four days, whatever it is. And we call that the uh, solar year. But if you were in Mariana Strange, you would have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So time is not just relative, but it's specifically tied to us as human beings. We start getting into the big questions of what, what was before the Big Bang. So if, if the universe started from a zero point, you know, some, there was something there, afterwards but not before and that's the big bang the moment of not before is the big bang then the question uh, arises well 
what was there before? Okay, it sounds like a tautology in some ways, but if you think about it, actually the question, we don't say that in the book, but if you really think about it, the question makes no sense because um, before the Big Bang, if the Big Bang was the beginning of everything, before it doesn't make any sense because there was no time. And actually we, in the book we talk about time and the origin of time and all of that. But yet the human mind asks the question, what was before? What was there before? So the answer in some ways is, well, what was before is what is after. That's what I like to say. What is before is what is now and what will always be there. The eternal, the always existence. That's the one that we're talking about. So the Big Bang happened 13.7 billion years ago. And before that, it makes no sense to talk about before that because there was no time. But if you really want to ask the question, well, what was before time? Then the answer is no time. Mm. And say, did I say anything here or did I just go around in a circle? In a way, you go around in a circle. Well, I got from your previous experience that it made sense why there why we stop at the the Big Bang is because the Big Bang, we said that time is like a passage of events. The, the Big Bang is like the first event that we can conceptualize in our mind. So what was before that event, we don't know. So right. that we can't talk about time anymore in the way that we talk it is event after event following events. Right. We, that, the Big Bang to us is our first event. Yeah. So does that mean that, you know, it's it's an event in a string of other events that it came birthed out of a previous universe or it could be that we that the, this particular universe came out of a, another instance of another universe uh, but when you say events you know before before the big bang and then you had the big bang and then the events start going actually even the big bang itself has never been observed by human eyes and i don't think it will ever be observed so we infer it. We sort of, you know, extrapolate from what we see today that there was a Big Bang. But no one really has seen the Big Bang. So it is a theoretical construct in some ways. We'll be right back for more of our conversation with Manas Kafados. Welcome back to The Awakening Code. Our conversation with Manas Kafados continues. There's so much in this book that we we can't even touch a, a hundredth of it. But there are some concepts that really jumped out to me. And one of them, after we talked about a lot of the mechanics in physics, and either you're going to get it or you don't, and my mind can't get a lot of it. But when you started talking about qualia, that was something I hadn't heard, but something about it resonated with me. The word qualia, I'd never even heard that word before. Can you describe for our listeners this term, what qualia is and how it fits into physics? So qualia is, comes from quale, the Latin word. Uh, it means the, basically it means the quality of experience or the experience of it. You can give it different definitions, but uh, it really means that, that, thatness or that what it truly is. And uh, to make a long story short, the qualia is really, for example, uh, the redness in the color red, or the blue in uh, in the shirt that Michelle is wearing, or the cover of the book, which is blue. Okay, so when you say, okay, the the cover of the book is blue, we're describing qualia or blueness. Okay, 
so you say, what's, what's the big deal about that? Uh, well, if you think about it, um, how, first of all, how do we know it's blue? Uh, if you really think about it, I have no way of proving that, uh, Eric, that the blue that you see is the same blue that I see. We assume it's the same. No way to prove it. So right away you see that proving qualia is almost impossible. You cannot prove experience. Experience is just experience. We are saying that the future science will have to take experience as a fundamental component of reality. We want to think that by our perceptions we are sensing a certain type of reality, but the deeper you go, the more mystical and spiritual it becomes, which is what a lot of your work I know is, is combining and integrating the science and the spiritual aspect. And that's, I guess, what we're bringing the whole conversation back around to again. Yeah. And, and we should all be okay with it. And each person's okayness with what spirit science looks like to them, because it's never the same identical thing for anybody. We have to remember wh where science came from. It came from the ancient schools, mystical schools. In the case of Greece, it was the Pythagoreans. And, uh, of course, in the case of uh, before that, it was the Egyptian Egyptians and the mysteries and the pyramids. Today's science is much more mystical, quote-unquote, than people make it to be. And so science is nothing more than a system of knowledge. We are talking about modern science here. And we are saying that we are postmodern. We want to go beyond modern science. The book is very scientific. It will satisfy anybody that wants to go down deep that path and, and think about the science. But then you bring it all in, and what you bring it all in with is more of the awareness issues. And you just have, this is the type of dialogue that we have on the show all the time, and you have what being real feels like. So I'm going to read some of those. You are not in the universe. The universe is in you. In here and out there are mirror reflections of each other. Consciousness is continuous and present in everything. It is the one reality. All the separate activities in the universe are actually one activity. Reality isn't just fine-tuned, it is perfectly tuned. Your purpose is to align yourself with the creativity of the cosmos. The next thing you feel like doing is the best thing you can do. Existence feels free, open, and without obstacles. Mind and ego still exist, but they get a lot more time off. And knowing who you really are, you get set off to explore unknown possibilities. So I love a book that is about science and goes deep and, and all that has stuff like this in it as well, because this is where we live. This is the kind of stuff we talk about. So I love that a, one book can contain that and this. I would say that most human beings or all human beings live in that world that you just said, the world of experience. And it is just that somehow we create a certain reality that called scientific reality, and we say, well, the universe is really not what you think it is, but it is uh, the multiverse or this or that or, you know, the sun-centered universe. But they are all concepts. They are all, they are all models of reality. And the model is not the same thing as reality. I, I mean, I'm intrigued by the idea of dreaming, that we have almost as many sleep hours as we do wake hours and we set our minds free and it just invents things. I mean, invents entire realities and, 
And in our dream state, we can literally do anything we want. Right. And I'm intrigued by why, why do we dream, I guess. It's like how, how critical is the, the process of dreaming? Oh, the, the process of dreaming is very critical. Actually, the process of deep sleep is even more critical. If we don't have it, we actually we get sick and die. We have to dream. And we have to have a deep sleep. And if we don't sleep seven hours, um, six, seven hours at least, then we get Alzheimer's. So we really have to sleep. Hmm. And it's very, very crucial that we rejuvenate our body by falling asleep. Thank you so, so much for coming down. Thank you. Uh, my head, I, I'm just like, <laughs> we were talking about quantum mechanics and all kinds of cool stuff with physicist Manasca Fados. Thank you for tuning in to The Awakening Code. Next week, we speak with Ascension teacher Lori Ladd, and we hope you'll join us then. 